This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to talk about... um, The One. You said you wanted to talk about The One. Yeah. And it was a a change-up pitch because you were going to talk about something different, but then The One was brought most uh, forcefully into the the forefront (sighs) while we were pre-chattering. Yeah, yeah. So what's, what's got your attention about The One? Because I can't get away from it. Not that I'm well, trying. Not that well, I'm trying. Let me be clear about that. The yeah. one that we're talking about is the one infinite creation that is yes. everything, everyone, everywhere. So the thought of getting away from that is actually, uh, I'm glad you haven't been successful because <laughs> there's nowhere <laughs> else to go. I know. I know. Well. <laughs> I haven't been trying. But, but from the side of the street that I have been indoctrinated in, and um, it's it's kind of really a pleasure sometimes, funny, to when I bump into conflicting ideas and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, yeah, you got to, you've got to adjust this and change this because this doesn't float in new thought, right? And this is, <laughs> you know, you're, this is your commitment, right? So, and, and I take myself through that conversation, but it's much easier than that. But here's how I, it, I keep bumping into it. Um, I, I do a lot of things. And sometimes I'm trying to uh, create different things, different things, and different, uh, I guess, streams and flows of things for my work. And, you know, I do art, I do music, and bunches of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, every time I would think, oh, can I get this? Let me look at... Uh, maybe an artist or somebody that I want to get into their headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this is this is better. I, I read poetry. You know, I do the audio poetry thing sometimes. And I want to get into their head and who they are so that I, when I read it, I'm who they are. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps coming to me that, well, they they were channeling the one <laughs> And so you're just dealing with the middleman here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and I keep, it's just, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But here's the deal. Like I said, where I come from, you know, Jesus says that you're a God. And then, you know, all the the people were ready to hang him because Mm -hmm. 
They didn't care about anything else. He keep on doing the miracles, but you blaspheme saying you're God. And I thought, how much of that is in your subconscious mind? Hmm. You know, um, because Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. And if you really break that down, you just cannot get past that statement. Yeah. And, and it's not the writer who's God. It's the I am within the reader. It's the reader. And I thought, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll think, you know how you have those aha moments that are ref remind you of the last time you had that same aha moment? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then I'll just get up, right? I'll get up and take a walk and think, okay, now you got it. There's no getting away from this. You just can't. And so it, I get just keep bumping into it, but it makes the work better. Mm -hmm. It does. It makes the work better. Right now, I'm just kind of laughing at consulting with the middleman. There's a couple of things that are going on. Be still and know that I am God um, implies that, yes, of course, I am God. Because we're not God just because we're quiet. It's not like we're some second-rate piece of material and suddenly when we shut up, we become God. Mm -hmm. It's be still and know it. So when we're not knowing it, it's because we're not still. It's because we're distracted by the stuff that's going on elsewhere in our conscious awareness. And there's plenty to distract us. We have these sensory systems. Oh, my goodness. It's like the inside of our skulls are, you know, wired with cameras and sound and... <sighs> Remember sense around mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you can actually feel something. That's, our bodies are built with that. So we can taste and smell and feel and touch and see and hear and experience things. And it is a thrill ride and it is far from still. Mm. Yeah. So when, when we're still, then we can, we can be aware that there is one. And at other times, we can be distracted into, into the absolute certainty that we're all separate, that we're all individual, that this is just going on for me. Same thing when you're reading poetry. You can read it and analyze it and you know, do you know, chart of, uh, of what the meanings are and try to figure out what the inflection should be and the flavor and meaning of each word. And you can read the poem and then go into silence and ask that infinite voice to tell you what is the next perspective to look at that same poem from. And then when you look at it again, as you say, you've cut out the middleman because you don't have to figure it out because that is something that is already known in the mind of the one. And when you open up to it, it's like, oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> it's, it it's, such a, it's such a level of freedom or a place of freedom or experience of freedom when you do that, because of course, when you're reading poetry for the reasons that I read it and other, other things, you, other people's uh, comments about it come into play. Mm -hmm. And I read something one time and the person commented that um, you should read it fast or slow, I can't remember, it was whatever. And, and I thought, okay, this person lived like, you know, a couple thousand years ago. So guess what, honey? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how he would have read it. 
I am asking spirit to get to put me in that place where that person was, what they were feeling, what they were thinking, whatever, whatever. Now, do I have any proof? No. But I have faith in the source of all things. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm not quite getting it, all of the nuances that the middleman did who wrote the poem or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'm getting the download here. And I got to trust that this is the way it's supposed to come out. You yeah. know, um, this, this person that wrote the poem, you know, three, 4,000 years ago, certainly did not have a black girl from West Philadelphia in mind. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It just, they were doing it where they were, but what is it here? And the one a- actually learning how to uh, center in, remember, find, whatever, that's, a, that's major to me because the finished product is going to be what the one wants it to be, if I could say yeah. it that way. And it changes over time. Um, there are timeless truths, and there's you know, something that could be written down you know, in the Bhagavad Gita thousands of years ago and touch on a timeless truth. That was something that was true then, and it's still true now. And there are other things that can get written down in the same document that meant something then. And our understanding of the world and our perspective on the world and the way things are interacting has changed. So mm-hmm. it, there's it, there's evolution that's been going on. So it can mean something different now than it meant then. It's yeah. one of the, the challenges that we have with um, uh, originalism. You know, what did, what did they mean when they originally wrote that? Well, you can't interpret that today because evolution and advancement and time has marched forth. <laughs> and it may be a timeless truth or it may have been true at the time and no longer applies. Yeah, you're making me remember some experiences that I had in seminary where you had to research exactly what the person, the language, because we had to learn Greek and Hebrew. So you had to learn what was meant by that when it was said as best you could. And sometimes I'd feel like that's nice. It's reading a story, but right now, you know, right here, I think it means something else or I can use it differently. Now I got to tell you, I got in trouble a lot of times. (laughs) Well, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of red marks on my papers that I turned in and question marks and stuff. It doesn't matter. But you can't, um, I don't want to say that there's one truth or not one truth because I might be getting in trouble here. I'm just saying that there's one, one. Yeah. That can interpret it the way it needs to be in my space. Um. Yes, I agree with that. And when we get to the one, the one is love. That's what it is. And it's aspects of that love are intelligence and energy. Mm-hmm. So there is an intelligence, there is an energy, there is an, an unfoldment over time. Because um, the one is all matter, it is all energy, it is all knowledge. 
and it's love unfolding. And the reason that we know that it's love unfolding is because if you take the story back to the very beginning, the creation story, um, whether it's the Big Bang or the, the, the story in Genesis, which, by the way, I think are the same story, uh, just one of them is told in quantum physics terms and the other one is told in yeah. scriptural terms. I love it when you do that. In the beginning, there was only this one creative power, and it had a an intention. And we're going to presume that it's a conscious intention um, to create what is we're now experiencing is this manifest universe. So it set the intention for this to happen and then activated a bunch of natural laws, which has allowed everything that exists to come into being. Now, it could be a 14 billion year process of evolution. Um, it could be something that was much more rapid, but we know things have grown and changed and been become different because we've watched. I mean, there are 8 billion people on the planet now who weren't here before, so they came from someplace. So there's continuing to be an expansion. It, our technology does the same thing as it goes from the ability to do this to suddenly the ability to do more and more and more. We're growing, we're advancing, our, our understanding is growing and advancing, and the natural laws are not changing. We're discovering them, and we're putting them to use. But they're the same laws that have always been there, and we just get to continue using them in different ways. That sharing of self, that intention to share energy and substance and creative potential, that's love itself. That level of creativity, that level of sharing is an act of love. So everything is that divine love taking its own form. Which reminds me again of something that happened. You always do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a little tiny bit of wrong word here, but, you know, I don't have time to try to figure out another one. I had a little trouble with the love part. Okay. Um, because of the meanness of people and so forth uh, over the years. And as a pastor, sometimes you don't get a chance to think about things because things are happening and you're responsible and you got to keep moving, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I did have trouble with the love part and the intent piece. But something happened um, in my world not too long ago. And the only thing I could think of at the time was you have to let love lead on this. Mm. And I thought, what did you just say? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And I'm looking around to see. I knew it was me, but I'm thinking, do you even know what you meant by that? And it made absolute perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. But I would have never expressed it that way, I guess, had I not encountered that situation. And all of a sudden I understood the one in another, a different dynamic, you know? So yeah. when you use the term intelligence, that's just so amazing because at whatever time it may be, 10,000 years, 2,000, whatever, God is intelligent enough to show God's self. And I appreciate God's self in those time periods. I might need a different aspect of God right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but God has it. And let love lead. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you mentioned a little earlier that 
you know, sometimes things happen and you say, well, this isn't love. This is clearly not love unfolding. Because then there's, you know, read a newspaper, you know, <laughs> turn on CNN or Fox, and there would be a litany of things that do not look like love. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from the perspective of, of non-attachment, the reason it doesn't look like love is because the people who are involved in it are loving themselves more than they're loving somebody else. And they're allowing that desire for self-advancement or aggrandizement or victory to let them treat other people in a way that would not be described as love. So mm-hmm. it becomes a matter of choice rather than a matter of love. So um, let's take a break. And then we're going to talk about how we know that it was a conscious intent to create the universe. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Fair Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And during the break, I went to check the heater, so it should turn off soon. Ah, okay. Uh, We were talking about consciousness and the conscious intention of the infinite creative power that created everything that was created in consciousness. And the reason that we can hypothesize that is because whatever it is that we describe as our own experience and expression of consciousness because I know that I have a consciousness. I know that I can set a conscious intention and I have seen just empirically that when I do that in a clear-minded way, I change the experience that's going on in my life. So whatever it is that we're calling that, and I'm calling it consciousness, that exists. And it is. it had to come from somewhere. And so it had to come from the one. So I'm gonna say that that same process of desiring to create something new to activate that creative law is consciousness. And if we're going to discuss it, we can discuss the semantics of it, but that the process is exactly the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit not sure about the evil thing. I'm working on that, you know, because if God is love and all good things come from God and then there's evil and if there's only one, then uh, it would seem to say that the evil would have to come from the one. And, oh, it does. It absolutely does. <clears throat> evil is not a thing in and of itself. It's part of our experience. And it's how we label things, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely. I can describe, you know, um, somebody um, pushing a knife into somebody else's body, and that's either a stabbing or a surgery. 
<laughs> you know, and one of them you can say is evil and the other one you can say is a miracle, but it's not the actual action. <sighs> yeah. So, you know, we're going to have to go back. <laughs> we're going to come back on that a little bit because I get the physical part of it. The intent is what concerns me. Uh, and and I can I can understand that if you if you say it this way that the one manifests through our personalities and our personalities and character are shaped by our experiences blah 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 and so what you might see may be less than wonderful and lovely in a certain person absolutely. Um, but that is, to me, that is that person, that is that vessel and how they are expressing themselves in that experience. I have a hard time, though, thinking that that is God expressing God's self. And, um, yeah. It's <laughs> but you, you can just leave me with that if you like. <laughs> I can. I can. I was going to remind you that God does not have a horse in this race. God is all the horses. And it's like, let's see how the race goes. Okay. And there are things that happen that, um, you know, the, that we don't like, and we get to label, label it as evil or bad or uh, objectionable or smelly, <laughs> or however it is we're going to label it. And other people might have a different perspective on that. Some people might not even think about it. And that's where the individual perspective uh, comes into being. It's really easy for me to identify things that are that are would be good to label as evil. And there are people who are doing them who, for whatever reason, that's the best they can do at the time. It seems mm -hmm. okay for them. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's 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 part of our experience of being individuals. Detached. There's going to be there's going to be a big football game coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, the Super Bowl, and there's going to be a team that wins, yay, and a team that loses, oh. But they both get to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, okay, that doesn't cut it, but we're good. <laughs> we're good. I, I guess we. I have to detach from the judgment of good and evil and just see it as expression, period, and know that they're a label is put on it at some point. Um, but anyway. Yeah, let's let's say that the one does not have discernment of good or evil. The one makes everything possible. And there are things that show up as evil in our world and in our experience. And other things that, that show up as being um, joyous, loving, and angelic in our world. And that's all a matter of our own perspective. The one is sharing itself as all of it. So let's go back to um, Stephanie Fisher. She, at, early on, she said there are people that do have evil intent. Yes. E evil intent is the thing that's jumping out at me that is consistent, inconsistent with the nature of God. As, as I understand it, however, you're saying that uh, the evil intent is the, the label that we put on the action, and the action is neutral. Well, the action is whatever the action is. But take somebody who's doing something evil. They're oppressing somebody else. 
they're holding somebody else down, they're disadvantaging a, 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 another person. There might be verbal or physical abuse. There might be uh, the, um, financial um, leverage that's being applied, whatever it is. The person who you would label as evil is trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And generally, they don't set out in the morning saying, let me go do something evil. And even the ones who do set out saying, let me do something evil, it's because there is some, there's some force inside of them that's urging them to do it. So the reason they're, they're doing these things, and especially if they're not trying to do something evil, they're just disadvantaging people the way their family has been disadvantaging people for generations. They're trying to do the best they can in the framework that they understand and aren't really thinking about it from the perspective of, could somebody perceive this as evil? So they're not setting out to, to be evil. They're, they're setting out to be okay themselves. And the actions wind up looking really bad <laughs> from the outside to other people. I, I, will, uh, I will accept that for now. Because um, and I'm not I, saying I, not saying let's set them, celebrate them. I'm saying let's go ahead and find them and put them in jail if we can, and keep them away from us. Yeah. And and the notion of protection, which is going to be the prayer we're going to do, is about being in that experience that we have of not being not bumping up against somebody who has evil intent. Uh, I got some megalomaniac who's, you know, wants to be in control of everything that he or she can see, then there might be guidance available to let them not see me (laughs) 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 or my family or my friends. They could go off and do this someplace else where their uh, malevolence will be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Uh, 100% with you on that one. Yeah. So he used to deal with... uh, uh, especially when I was commuting through Philadelphia, um, some road rage. And every once in a while, there would be just, I'd be surrounded by people who are driving really badly and aggressively, and they're doing stupid things and being really annoying to me and getting, getting me very angry. And I got into this spiritual practice, and one of the things that I did was to set the intention that um, driving is uh, peaceful and comfortable and safe for me. And those knucklehead drivers, like, stopped coming around. (laughs) (laughs) I was more peaceful, and I very rarely had cause to get angry at another driver. They were probably still out there driving badly. They just weren't driving on the roads that I was on when I was on them. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I have a couple of those kinds of experiences, and yeah. I, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I know I ask for, I assume protection. You know, I suppose at some point I ask for it, but I assume that I'm going to be okay in given situations and my family will get all up in the air. Why were you there? And who, why were you talking to those people? And it never occurred to me that I was in a situation that perhaps would be questionable. I just go where I go. Go where you go and manage to be safe as you do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's take another break and continue with a prayer of protection. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, 
gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and the conversation has been enriching, enlightening. Wonderful. The <laughs> conversation about the one. And that's, you know, where it all starts. There's one power and presence, one love, one source of everything. And one of the things we've been talking about today is protection. And the, the dichotomy that we feel when we think that we need to be protected, we're, we're part of this one, and the one needs to be protected from the one somehow. And from that perspective, it seems like it might be an oxymoron or unnecessary. But we're talking about that experience, that personal experience of protection and being protected and allowing that infinite creative power that has created us to keep us safe and healthy and harmonious and whole and in a peaceful place where we can live our lives and share our love and be that divine goodness that we are. When that's what we mean by protection, then it means something different. I mentioned earlier the uh, prayer of protection from unity, which is uh, James Dillett Freeman, which is the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us, wherever we are, God is and all is well. That's generally the way they say it at Unity Churches. <clears throat> The power of God protects us. And if we put an asterisk next to that, then we know what we mean by the power of God protecting us. Let's do our own practical prayer for protection. And that's not to be safe from something outside of us. That is instead to be okay in the circumstance and situations that we're in, that we find ourselves in. The protection is not a emergency shields up to keep the bad stuff away. It's instead an invitation to allow that which we find to be harmonious and uplifting and joyous and what we describe as good in our experience. So it's a field of love rather than a shield uh, of armor. As we open up to the awareness of that one, that one divine power and presence, we call it spirit or God or nature or the big bang or the source. Whatever it is, there is that one presence that shares itself as all of its creation. Everything that exists, every one, everywhere, every moment, every molecule, everything, is that divine power and presence taking its own unique and particular form. And everything includes everyone. It includes me and everyone within the sound of my voice. All a divine expression of God's infinite goodness expressed in our own way. And there is the possibility for all of the experiences that we have to fit together in a way that is harmonious and joyous and balanced. 
So in whatever aspect any of us has, where we feel that we are threatened, that we feel that there's danger, that we need to have protection, we invite in the light. We invite in that divine light of God's love and choose the experience that we would prefer to have. This part of it is on us to be able to pivot from the, the, the challenge or the difficulty or the fearful thing that has our attention and turn away from that towards what we would prefer to have instead. So we can open up our awareness to that good, to feel into that feeling experience of what it's like to be completely free of the challenge that we had and stepping into that new experience. That infinite creative power always says yes, it does not know not. We can't pray to not have a threat. We have to understand what we mean to experience when that threat is behind us, it's no longer part of our experience. How do we feel then? What do we experience then? That's the invitation that we're making. And that infinite creative power, the one that creates everything, is already responding. As we open ourselves up to this newness, the protection is automatic. That newness is unfolding in a way that brings joy and harmony and uplift and peace and harmony and whatever it is we describe as good into our experience. And love continues to unfold. And that's what I'm claiming now. That is what I'm claiming today for each of us in our own way. And so with gratitude for all of this goodness that's already unfolding, with gratitude for the awareness of this creative process, with a deep feeling of thanks for the wonderful stories of transformation we get to tell about the time up until now, which has been challenged or threatening or difficult, to that pivot and transformation and the good that ensues. I'm claiming it now. I'm claiming this goodness. I'm claiming this love, this harmony, this experience of feeling protected. And so with a deep feeling of thanks, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that has created everything. And I know it now is creating this. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.